Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Blitz, episode 360 in the house. Oscar Lopez. We will have Nate Ward here in the last hour to talk X League news coming up, including women's news and notes. And we were going to talk in NFL rumors today as everything that's going on, especially with veteran quarterbacks in the offseason. We'll dive into that in the second hour, as well as we have the talented Steph. Jackson, who's going to be coming in here to talk about NIA college flag as well as the explosive uh, females and flag program awareness program. Uh, And she's going to be talking to us about the expansion, the program, and what it means for women's tackle football in the future. We're also going to dive into the undefeated Kingsville empire of the Texas Valley sports. And we'll have Helen McClary here as well as Edwina Elizondo. And they're going to talk about the uh, fantastic season so far in Texas Valley sports for the Kingsville Empire. And we'll dive into uh, NFL news and notes as well in the last hour or so with Nate Ward. So a big two hours jam pack of the Gridiron Blitz. Thanks for subscribing to us on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Thank you to everybody overseas who's uh, bumping us up in Russia, in Germany. Really, really appreciate it, as well as our North American swing here in Canada and Mexico and the U.S. So really, really appreciate it. So if you want to search us on the Apple podcast site, just go to Gridiron Beauty's Blitz podcast. If you want to search us on Google, or Yahoo, or any other search engine, it's uh, Gridiron Beauty's, and you can find all our handles to all our social media platforms. So uh, we're going to, kind of excited to have Steph Jackson here in about 45 minutes. We're going to dive in in about 12 minutes here with Kingsville Empire uh, talented all-stars, uh, Helen McCler- McClary and Edwina Elizondo. Uh, but let's break it out. Um, if you haven't taken advantage of our Monkey Knife Fight promo, so $50 match, up to $50 match, play a free game. Now, Monkey Knife Fight is daily fantasy sports with a unique twist. So go there, simple to choose uh, a team of players, one or two, uh, the players either you know, that you select are either going to match up with they score what they score or they don't. If you do get that right, it's literally a great giveaway. So if you do $5, you can win almost $15. If you do $20, you can win up to $60. So it's really, really unique. Uh, so take the dollars and take advantage of the Monkey Night 5 promos, especially right now with MMA, PGA, NBA Daily. So Monkey Night 5 contests remove around – uh, revolve around whether the uh, players will achieve a specific benchmark. So go there, monkeyknife5.com, use our code NJF to get started today. Helps our podcast. Uh, they are the ones that keep the women's tackle football awareness on on the air with our podcast. So support our sponsor, monkeyknife5.com, and have some fun, earn a little bit of cash. So use code NJF to get started today, monkeyknife5.com. All right, and if you haven't taken advantage of our up, up to 25% off sale at the No Joke Football Shop, which is at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, you can take advantage of the codes there and save up to 25% off on some of our favorite shirts. 
And I really appreciate everybody buying from us because it really keeps us afloat. So between Zazzle and Monkey Knife Fight, uh, that's what keeps our podcast uh, with our sponsors paying for it, and we don't have to pay out of pocket. So it's really a unique relationship with both of them and really appreciate them believing in the growth of the sport, believing in our message weekly, and also bringing awareness within our social sites as well. So take advantage of the big-time sponsors and also help us out with keeping the podcast afloat. So Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Check it out. You can get the uh, best-selling shirt that we have so far, which is our No Joke Football Script shirt, and also the Not A Boy shirt. So you can get those two pretty uh, exciting and different type of apparel. So you can get it in T-shirts. You can get them in long sleeves, long sleeves, pretty much any type. Check it out at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. So we're going to dive into the Kingsville Empire in a couple minutes here. In the meantime, let's we got a, uh, J.J. Watt announces that he has been released uh, from the Houston Texans, and that's a, a kind of a bombshell and not a bombshell. Uh, we already knew that that was somewhat going to be mutually departing. I, I think the relationship between Watts and the Texans probably not as not as uh, heated or as controversial as the relationship of, as a quarterback. I mean, defensive on a defensive side of the ball, not so much uh, a, a critical because you can either draft somebody through the draft, maybe acquire somebody in the off season with another uh, from another team, but when you're talking about quarterback position it really becomes a situation where it's critical. And if you're not going to, uh, or if your quarterback, for example, isn't going to be somebody that is going to like what they're doing within the structure of your team, then that becomes very, very um, negative. It creates an atmosphere where the quarterback doesn't want to exist in the scope within the coaching staff, and it sends a message to everybody that he's unhappy. So if you have an unhappy quarterback at this point, it really becomes uh, detrimental to the team. We have the example between Watson right now. The news came out where uh, Russell Wilson was really unhappy with the, with the commitment of the Seattle Seahawks to his protections uh, in terms of the offensive line, putting in uh, uh, the necessary needs to keep him uh, at a safer state, which the game isn't safe. So that's just, you know, you can knock that right there. The game is not a safe game. It is a brutal game. It, it is a detrimental game at some point, and he's in a career-ending game. So, but, you know, they're voicing uh, their concerns. One is voicing the concern that the organization doesn't want to win and doesn't want to put forth that, uh, especially with the situation with the previous coach who gave away a lot of talent, um, and that we're talking about Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. But in Russell Wilson's uh, situation, it just becomes kind of idiotic if you think that he's going to leave Seattle. It's not going to happen. I, I think Seattle knows that. The Seahawks organization understands that. And so you're not going to just, you know, not commit or have a conversation uh, with Russell about how things can be patched up better on the line and how that will improve himself plus improve the team and the output offensively. So uh, I think Russell is still at a young age. Uh, in his 30s, so you know, three-year contract. I think it's worth almost 108 million. So there's there's a reason he's like least likely to be dealt. That's really what it is. He's unarguably one of the top three quarterbacks in the game if you if you look at it in you know broader scope. Um, but he's paying. You know, he's worried that this organization is not going to be able to put something in as a shield for him. 
Um, I don't know that, you know, he would seriously consider moving on, but if he considers moving on, there's a lot of places that will take him. I mean, uh, the Cowboys might take him. The Colts might take him. Uh, the Dolphins with their uh, situation where it's up in the air. Uh, Carolina for sure would take him. Uh, even I think maybe the Raiders would be a consideration that they, they would consider maybe trading for him. So there's options because he's so valuable. He's done so well. He's been able to put a team on his back, per se, and he's able to contribute and actually produce. So it says a lot about where Russell Wilson, you know, and so the Seahawks, the staff, the organization there, I don't think they'll make the wrong call. I think they'll just try to negotiate with him, try to work it out, try to uh, uh, gather feedback so that he can, he can stay where he's at. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, we're looking at a five-year, $167, I think, million. Um, so you can make the case that Watson is better is a better long-term uh, bet over Wilson, but uh, you know, the victories are not there for him. Um, so Wilson had more, has had more success, of course. Uh, so still, if and when the Texans budge, they'll likely start to trade, uh, I, I'd say asking for maybe three or four first-rounders, uh, which is probably warranted. Um, look, at, look what the Rams got for golf going to Detroit, uh, shipping out a bunch of draft picks over there to get Matt Stafford. It's a situation where one of these two teams – has to make a decision. I don't think Seattle's situation is as critical, and I, I do believe Deshaun Watson's situation is highly critical. So, you know, given, uh, given the pile of, of, you know, garbage time stats, uh, you know, for the Texans and how, how their output in the first four seasons uh, with O'Brien, I, I really think uh, Deshaun Watson deserves to go somewhere else. Will he land in Chicago? Of course, he it, it, it could be an upgrade in Chicago. Will he land in, uh, in the carousel that is the, the Denver Broncos? Maybe. Uh, will he go to Miami? Highly unlikely. Uh, the Niners situation seems like they'll stick with Garoppolo, from what my understanding is. Uh, the Jets would be a good inclined to ask for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Panthers, for sure, just like I said with Wilson, if he decided to go there. Um, the New England Patriots, uh, if he takes the pay cut. I really think New England will not pay for a good quarterback, good quarterback money. But if he takes a pay cut and he wants to go there, and technically uh, New England is not the same. So New England technically is not the same. Uh, as, as Brady left, they're not the same. And so that becomes highly unlikely that he'll land in New England. So uh, at this, Deshaun Watson really has choices, in other words. That's what I'm saying, that somebody will launch on, uh, grab onto him and commit to money and give out some, uh, some uh, rounders, first, fourth, second, whatever you want to want for them. Um, it's just a matter of whether the Texans are willing to deal. And I think uh, if Deshaun Watson decides to sit out, for an example, sit out, uh, kind of a mistake for him, because I really think that's going to show other organizations that if he's not a happy camper, he's not going to be able to go through struggles. And what happens, what happens in Houston might be repeated somewhere else, so maybe teams are going to be kind of reserved for that. I really think Deshaun should just stick with the fact that, you know, he needs to commit to, to Houston or him and Houston need to part ways mutually. That way it becomes a win-win for both teams and a, a new environment for him, um, brand new impulse of talent for the Texans. So that really works out. The other quarterback that everybody's been talking about is, you know, what's going to happen to Carson Wentz? Deserves a fair amount of blame for his just a regression in 2020. 
but the Eagles failed him at multiple turns. And just because they're, they have mismanaged his ex- expected departure doesn't mean that the former MVP counter is totally damaged goods. So his contract is, you know, something to work with. And even if he's long, you know, if he's long and somewhat reckless playing style, he's proven he can be good if he's not a great quarterback. Who will take a gamble on him? Chicago seems to be the place everybody is pointing to for all these veteran quarterbacks to go. The Broncos could use him. The Colts could certainly use him, especially with Phillip Rivers gone now. Uh, Patriots, I don't know if the Patriots will take a gamble or Carson Wentz. So there's a lot of question marks with the offseason, the trades prior to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl not being so awesome. (laughs) Uh, If you're a Chiefs fan, obviously you're still probably not happy. Um, but there's issues with, you know, where do people land? Uh, some, some quarterbacks aren't happy. The situation there with the uh, management, what's going to happen? San Francisco has the issues there. You know, do we stay with Garoppolo or do we abandon ship? Uh, Wilson here, uh, are they going to support him and, and make the changes? Deshaun Watson, as we're talking about here, are, you know, will Houston de- depart ways but get something in return? So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then we talked about Sa- uh, Sam Darnold which nobody's basically talking about. Um, but if you're looking for a safer option, that, that guy would be it. So in terms of pure trade value, Darnold uh, cannot be overlooked. Just like Wentz, he deserves at least uh, some blame for his rocky development. But Sam Darnold is so young, coming out of a, a dysfunctional guidance that is the New York Jets, that he's more than worth a, a gamble. So the Bears may be another. So Bears really – could upgrade on any of these quarterbacks that we just mentioned. The Colts for sure can do that. And uh, Sam Donald landing in San Francisco, probably highly unlikely, highly unlikely. So um, let's go, let's going to get ready and go into the huddle here. Uh, sponsored by monkey knife And like I said, you can go up to monkey knife, monkey knife and do uh, use the code NJF. You get a, uh, up to a $50 match. So you can play a free game there. So use our code NGF, go to monkeyknife5.com. So let's go into the huddle, and let's bring in the Kingsville Empire. Give me one second here. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we form, to the way we shine, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall. We kill. We eat. Yes, Hey, girls, how's it going? Helen McClary and Edwina Elizondo, how's it going? Kingsville Empire. Hi. We're doing really good. We're doing good. <laughs> How you guys doing? Express greatness. You guys have been killing it all season. Uh, so congratulations on the early start <laughs> success in uh, Texas Valley sports. So I want to bring you on, bring you guys on to kind of spotlight you guys. I know a lot of people in nationwide don't know about Texas Valley sports, but we do. So I wanted to bring you guys on to kind of enlighten us on the Kingsville Empire experience so far in 2021 and and the uh, the start the great start so far. Cool. Thank you. We're That's glad awesome. to be here. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, so far for us, I mean, it's been pretty interesting. Um, we've enjoyed it so far, as far as like the beginning of the season. 
Um, we weren't really sure what to expect coming into a new league, but, I mean, it so far has been pretty good. So, uh, Edwina, um, they say wins cures all faults. So is that what's happening here? I'm sorry? I said they say wins uh, wins cure all faults. So is that why you guys are being successful here? Wins, 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 wins? <laughs> well, winners win, right? Um, and that's just, you know, we go out there. We don't go out there to – I mean, everybody wants to win, but we go out there and we play for each other. It's – it's more than just winning for us. You know, it's an experience that we get to have with uh, with each other and being out there. So it's it's more than just winning, but we have a really great time doing it. Okay, you got you got to say to the fans here, uh, winning is everything. We talk about it every week. It's football. <laughs> if you don't win, it's winning. misery. It's misery. You don't want to go yeah. into a loss and you have to go into the next week and you're like, you got to work harder. Nobody wants to do that. But if you're on dial and you're on point, it may, it becomes a little easier for practice, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely getting everybody to practice um, aids in that, and yeah, winning and winning is definitely important. But even if we don't win, you know, we've lost games too. We've lost a few games, right? It just happens that this season we haven't, and you know we're gracious for that, and we just continue to keep on working with our coach, the uh, arena, and. Uh, he really does help us make sure that we're successful every week that we do play. Um, Helen, I, I know Edwina won't admit it, but you're a quarterback, and winning is very, very better than losing, right? <laughs> Way better than losing. Uh, well, like I said, I agree with Edwina. Um, we Every team wants to go out there and win. Um, that is a factor, especially our fans. They would be bummed out the same thing if we were to lose. Um but like she mentioned, uh, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the stuff we do without our coaches. Um, a lot of the success we've had is um, we do start our season, which is crazy, um, between two and four months before our season even starts with, like, conditioning and, and playing and new plays and throwing ideas out there. Um, and without the coaches actually, like, brainstorming and stuff, it, I mean, it wouldn't happen, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, winning is very important. And being a secondary quarterback um, behind our head quarterback, Tommy, it's, I mean, it, it's new for me this year. It's only my second year playing, and to be thrown in a quarterback is kind of like, what? Like, are you sure? <laughs> so, winning's amazing. I mean, like I said, um, everybody wants to go out and win. We do, like Lena said, we do lose some, um, which is sometimes hard on the team, but we go back the next week and we practice even harder and uh, fix the mistakes that we did do. And the next week, if we win, then great. If not, like you said, we've been fortunate this year um, to have a, right now a 4 0 streak. Um, and we're going to continue it. We're going to try in ways to try and continue that streak. So, most definitely. I know you guys are putting in the time because you don't win if you don't put in the time. That's the difference between mm-hmm. winning teams and win teams that do not win. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. As my coach mm-hmm. used to say, my coach used to say, don't bring the drama, just bring the effort and the sweat. That's it. You bring in the effort and the sweat, and yeah. you'll be successful. Yeah, you got to you got to quit bringing no the drama. Yeah, it's it's it happens. Um, and we know what why the change from extreme, you know, extreme and now to, uh, Texas Valley is it just the 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 cost, the you know, the travel time? What's what was the reasoning behind shifting from one league to another? I don't know. Uh, we wanted something more inclusive for all teams involved. Thankfully, our sister teams, the South Texas Generals, the Coastal Bend Legion, the Corpus Christi Sharks the Cobras and the River City Warriors 
you know, they all have the same vision. We formed this league as a branch of the already established Texas Valley Sports. Um, Jose is great. We definitely put him through the ringer sometimes just collectively because we're a union, right? So we make decisions together. We don't just um, say this is how it's going to be and that's it. So I think that's going to be, you know, a good platform in the future for uh, other leagues to take that and run with it, to be able to be inclusive of all teams because we're here at the end of the day for women empowerment, and we really do believe in that. Um, And we appreciate him for the opportunity to give us a voice uh, for that. And that's just something we weren't really maybe not getting in our past league. Okay, so the the change of uh, the change of uh, scenery, in other words, and the teams being a little closer, obviously affords you probably less travel. Is it is it less travel in that sense since you guys are more in a circle? No, no, uh, we still travel to San Antonio, you know, and we're open to teams, right? We're open to teams from Houston, San Antonio, wherever, in in you know, going forward, wherever in Texas. You know, uh, these just happen to be the six teams that jumped on board in this inaugural season for Texas Valley Sports, mm-hmm. and you know we're thankful, like I said, for all of them because it wouldn't, we wouldn't, our girls wouldn't be able to play. And at the end of the day, that's what's more important to us is our girls, our girls being able to have a season and not uh, just stay stagnant. You know, we didn't want to sit this one out. Um, and we know what's the structure there is, it, are the girls still doing the same thing like any other uh, traditional tackle uh, scenery, which is they got to come up with the sponsorship mentality or they got to come up with their dues and their fees or, or is this, the, the league has Actually, structured it differently in that sense um, or no? The league, the league is structured, you know, just like any other league you pay your dues. Um, Empire, however, we do a lot of fundraising and, it's great because we've been able to have almost a like fee free couple of seasons. You know, this is our, we're going into our fourth season or in the middle of our fourth season. So uh, because of COVID, of course, fundraising was difficult. Mm-hmm. So we did have to charge this year, but uh, last year we didn't have to charge any fees for players. They just came on. Um, we did like a structure where we did volunteer hours to get your uniform and case league fees and and it worked out for us. It worked out really well to where we we kind of break the barrier of can you afford to play football? You know, right. and then that's how that's how a lot of our team actually is we're we're pretty organic. Uh we don't we don't um reach out to other teams. We don't try and scout players, you know. Everybody is from the area, with with the exception of a couple of people, but those people reached out to us and said, hey, we want to play for Empire. We like what you stand for, what the team believes in, and um, just the kind of team that we are. Now, okay. Kingsville, is it a big town? Uh, what's the uh, demographic there for you guys in the, in the, in the Kingsville uh, community? <clears throat> it's about, I don't know. 25,000 people. We're, we're a small college town. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a small Yeah, Texas, uh, Kingsville a and there, so we get a lot of college students and stuff like that. So I think that's a lot of the demographic with it being in a college town. So, but it's not too big, not too small. It's kind of just right for us. <laughs> so is it, you would fair to say that you're getting, what kind of uh, t- uh, interest 
interested women are you getting? Are you getting the traditional track and field, basketball, volleyball, or soccer? Is that the same feel like everywhere else for the most part when in the collegiate or high school as they're abandoning high school? As an example, they're graduating, they're going to college. If they're not going to college, obviously they want to look for something of an outlet. So is that you know, fair to say that you're getting the similar type of pool that other, other teams and other areas nationwide get? Honestly, a lot of our team members that are on our team, they're moms. They're hardworking wives. They're um, stay-at-home moms. A lot of we have very few that are actually going to school. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like athleticism goes, that they're in soccer and stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong, we do have some that do have that background, but a lot of us are straight up just everyday working moms that wanted to try something new and prove that we could do it. We could do what a guy does, if not even better, you know, and. Every day we go out there on that field, we're going out there and choosing that every day. But our demographic is a little bit of everybody. Um, but a lot of us do have kids. We are working full-time jobs. We are making this a practice every day. So it's not pinpointed more on, like, the athleticism um, versus anything else. So it's, um, it's more like a mom, like I said, thing of the older between, I guess, 20 and like 40 years old is our, our mm-hmm. age group. We have a couple that are under that, but I mean, overall, it's us older generation, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> yeah, the only reason so, I ask those questions is because there's a lot of different uh, mechanics that come into play with each uh, squad and the depth of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some areas yeah. have younger talent, you know, the 20s to 32s. And in other areas, mm-hmm. I mean, there are squads where everybody's 30 to almost close to 50. And depending on what the style of play you're doing, seven on seven, nine on nine, eight on eight, or even elevens, uh, it becomes mm-hmm. kind of unique because the makeup of the team um, and how you structure the, you know, the offensive line, how you structure the defense, how you, you know, special teams, uh, you know, who you choose as quarterback and the leaders and things like that. So it makes it kind of unique in that sense. Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, you guys are getting, you know, the moms. Uh, that want to try something new, and that also gives you maturity because a lot of those folks come with maturity where a lot of times you have uh, a very young, immature team that you have to basically coach that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, like with, with our team, um, we're kind of like we're one of a kind, basically, like I mentioned before with the whole mom, but we do work together. So, like, if one of us fail, we all fail. Now, we're not perfect. Nobody is. You know, I get that. Mm-hmm. But if we're kind of all in sync. Like when it's game day, we all get there like the two, two and a half hours before the summer running late due to work or stuff like that. But we're literally there. And once we step on that field, we're kind of all in sync with each other. Like we know what that other person's thinking or like just by their body movement, we kind of know which direction they're going. So I guess it kind of aligns with like the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, I can't think of the word. <laughs> we're all the same. Yeah, it just it makes it to where we can, we've been around each other, and some girls are new that we are in sync to where we know what's going to happen, and with the coaches' training and everything that they 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 go through. So Kingsville Empire isn't just like a group of women put together to make a team. We kind of all come together to become that family to be able to succeed, to be able to do the things we do, and with everything, it's, we win together, we lose together, we laugh together. Heck, we even cry together. You know, just because we are one big happy family. But in the end, we are one. Um, we've had four games in the system that we've won, we've won already during the season. But this season literally has still just begun for us because we always take the next game as the very first game we're playing again. So it's kind of a good thing for everybody. And I 
I wouldn't be where I am today, actually, if it wasn't for Weena. My goal was to go coach these girls, and I went to the first practice, and I was like, man, forget <laughs> coaching. Hell yeah, I'm going to play. And sure enough, I stuck with it my second year in, and so the bug, here we are right now where we're at. <laughs> the Do bug what? hit you right there. The bug hit you right there. It did. <laughs> Yeah, it did. And Weena actually Weena actually found me coaching my son's football team. And that's where she came and hit me. She said, we coaches, we need players. I was like, oh, I can coach. And then after I saw those girls, including Weena, I was like, nope, that's it. I'm done. You guys got me. Y'all reeled me. And, like, I think that was the plan all along, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot, you'd be surprised. A lot of A lot of women – when they come to a tryout or a practice or they come to a, you know, an, an event where they're going to get somewhat tested at some point, right? Um, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. how much aggression comes out of that. Aggression. Like, and literally to prove that I want to be on this team, right? Once you get on the team, yeah. it's, like, it's like legal assault. It just comes in your head. I, I can actually do this and not get, you know, go to jail? I'm, oh, I'm good. You know, it's like there, there's just <laughs> some folks that just, it clicks, right? Like, some folks are linebackers for just out of instinct and other folks are, you know, they're talented because they're on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, the, the beauty of the, the beauty of the sport is there's um, an inclusion of everybody in terms of body types and in terms of, you know, contributions mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's the beauty of this. Everybody plays it for different reasons, right? Uh, others play yeah. it because they never got an opportunity to play it when they were young. And then others play it because it's a physicality mm-hmm. thing where it's like it, it, it increases their health, right? And it allows them to mm-hmm. you know, bulk up or they do or they get better at fitness of some sort or it's a disciplinary thing where they really enjoy the atmosphere in that sense or they love the game, which is a strategy, you know, the strategy of the game. Mm-hmm. Another one on top of it is because you hear a lot of these teams talk about it, it is the sisterhood and you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that Empire really is. You know, we really are a family. We really do care about each other. We really, I mean, that's a, it's a reason a lot of the girls stick around. And it's a reason mm-hmm. we've been able to keep girls three, four years, you know, because we all really do care about each other. None of us are selfish. None of us go out there only for ourselves. None of us, um, we don't have any ball hogs. Right, you got teams that have ball hogs, and you have teams that um, have players that don't want to play when they start getting hit. They don't want to anymore. You know, they kind of just give up, and you know, we don't have any of that on our team. And that's another it's thing that I, I'm thankful you know, for because it's, it's not intimidating sport also yeah. because a lot of times uh, you have the perception of it, and then once you get on the field, and once things and and if things don't go right that also is a detriment to where somebody just says, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm bailing out. Right. But when things go yeah, right, like crap, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's, it's not a big deal um, because a, a lot of times you want to do the right thing for everybody. And if it isn't for, for them, then mm-hmm. it just isn't for them. And it's just the, that's the way it is. Exactly. You know, just like anything else in life, you know, you just branch out and move on to the next uh, individual that's interested. Um, so tell me, uh, yeah. uh, Helen, Tell me a little bit about, you know, what has worked so far for you guys at, the, at this point. Uh, I mean, you guys are putting some good points up. Is it just the competition? I know South Texas has had success. The generals have had really good success when, uh, in the XF, uh, XFFL. Um, but at this point, it looks like 
you guys have done so well that uh, in this little realm of the Texas Valley sports, you guys are standing out just like they were in the previous league. Uh, to be honest, it honestly is just the unification that our team has. Um, when one of us is down, we're there to pick them up. If one's, you know, having an awesome day, it kind of hypes up, you know, the entire team. Um, a lot of us are just, I think a lot of the success, like I mentioned before, is our coaches and the teachings behind how they teach us and the different plays that we do run. Um, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are so in sync and that we do know, you know, what we need to do. And we kind of go out there each game and just lay it all on the field. Um, if I believe if we weren't as close as we were and we weren't the family that we have grown to be with one another, I don't think our success would be as good as it has been this year. Um, so, I mean, we go out there, like I said, three, four days a week practicing, and we go out there and bust our butts left and right. And when game, game, excuse me, game day comes, we kind of just leave it all out on the field, knowing that we did our very best and that um, our goal is to go out there and win, of course. But if we lose, we're still there to pick, pick ourselves up and walk off that field still with our head held high because we know we didn't leave it out there. But it's the unification to me that our success is there because we're there for one another. We don't let if one's having a bad game, like, hey, don't worry about it. You'll get it next time. And we kind of just continue to build each other up, even if we're having the worst game of our lives. So for me, it's the unification. I think that we're having such the success that we're having and our coaches and the coaching behind that staff and all of that. Uh, Edwina, what what do you say of the coaching staff? I mean, it's mostly donated everywhere in the tackle game. Uh, you know, they, that's a big commitment. A lot of them are, you know, former high school coaches or former players. Um, and for them to devote time to, you know, coach, lead, and, uh, you know, set a, a squad together, a depth chart, put the time in, in other words. Uh, it says a lot about these individuals, obviously, that commit to coaching on any team, not just, you know, women's team, but, you know, high school up to pro and everything. But on a women's team, sometimes that is uh, a unique situation for some of them because they want to garner experience as well. Or they didn't get an opportunity somewhere else to do it, but they get an opportunity to do it now. And, and then they see the, you know, the, the uh, determination on, on the women playing the sport and the sponge mode where they want to learn it. And once, they, once it clicks on them, I, I mean, they, I've talked to a lot of coaches, once it clicks, it's like it's it's so uh, awesome for them, you know, the, just the the amount of time they put in, and then all of a sudden, a player just it just clicks. Yeah, um, a lot of our a lot of our players, you know, we all we all have some type of we all did something in high school, junior high. You know, we have basketball players, softball players. I think you asked that earlier. <clears throat> um, so we all know how coaches are, right? We get yelled at. Yeah. We. <laughs> We, uh, you know, off the field, of course, right? Never during a game. But we get yelled at, but we also get um, in a good way, too, right? Our coach, Leo Reyna, he came to our team, um, and we were, like, a month away from our first game of our first season. We were standing outside. I think there was, like, eight of us, and it was just – Freezing cold. Uh, we only had one coach, you know. And uh, he came and he turned us around. He got us ready for the first game, and we went to a championship our first year. And I think coaching women's football team says a lot about a man because it's not easy. Coaching coaching kids is easy, right? Kids listen. Kids don't think they know what they're doing all the time. It, you know, women – 
you know, we're adults. Uh, we're hard-headed. We don't listen. We think we know we're doing the right thing, and then we're not all of a sudden, and <laughs> we get yelled at, and then we have to run, just like every other team out there. Um, but one thing our coach does tell us is, like, do you want me to lie to you or tell you the truth? You know, and that's one thing that I will give him. He will never lie to us about our performance. He will never lie to us about how we're acting on the field or how we should be acting on the field. And uh, I think that's really how you coach a women's team, by not lying to them. That's the last thing you want to do is lie to a woman. So uh, That is not a good thing. He's a really good coach. I'm sorry? Yeah, my, my, own, my own mother will tell you that. That's not a good thing. Yes, don't, yeah, don't lie to a woman. <laughs> um, and that's something that, you know, <laughs> you know, it's something he always, you know, probably we hear like four or five times a week, like Helen said, we practice. We're, we practice, we're at practice, you know, we're all dedicated. And for us to be there, he's going to be there. We can call him you know, if the, we need something. The, uh, the benefit of having somebody like that, a disciplinarian in a sense, um, a lot of people don't have that inclination. You know, if you come from a military background like I do or you come from a structured background with, you know, in corporate or, or wherever your environment was or your upbringing, it becomes uh, either second nature, right, because it's like this is what we need to do to, do, to get the job done. And if you come from an environment where you were coddled and probably didn't, you know, have that, you're you're thinking this person's a bully, right? An uncaring bully. Yeah, it's not going to work. in reality – And those people you know, last day and they run away. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah they do. That's what I'm saying. It's like it, it's the sport is not designed for that. The sport is really designed for unity, and the sport is designed for execution. So it's like if you, if you did not execute correctly, and I'm going to sugarcoat and say, ah, yeah, you, 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 you did okay. Well, that's a lie already. <laughs> You'd rather hear like, no, you, mm-hmm. you screwed up. That's not how you execute, right? Yeah. It's hard to hear because exactly. that's like, you know, try to do it with your kids, right? I always tell everybody, when you try to criticize your own kids, you either, if you sugarcoat it, you, you just lied. If you tell them the truth, yeah, mm-hmm. they're not going to be as, as happy with you. But, you know, it, in the end, it turns around and they kind of get feedback and they kind of realize it themselves and come back and say, yeah, you were right, mom or dad or whatever. Um, so football is in the same way. You know, it's, it's kind of just a discipline type sport, but also it's a demanding type of environment where um, if everyone does their job, uh, the end result should be successful. Yeah. And winning is important, right? That's what you need exactly. to do to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you, and you have to do that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the most successful teams in this sport, that's what they have. They Like you said, they have that bonding and also they have the – the sponge mode where they want to learn and, and get better at what their craft is. And ultimately they, they, it comes together on game day and it kind of spotlights and showcases on that day. Um, when you got a team that is clicking, uh, you know, they, they start racking points up. It's, it's very depressing to the other side. If you're not doing that yourself, because it's, it's just so easy. Right. And you're having fun. And the other side's like, man, I, I hate those girls because they're having fun. <laughs> that's, that's what winning's about. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but we we really try not. To, we don't, um, you know, we don't never. Well, we go out there with malintentions. We'll never go out there to sure. score up on a team. You know, we're not bullies. We won't condone it. We're empire. Our we really 
pride ourselves in empowering women, and we can't go out there and score 60, 70 points on a team and also empower them. That's not how it works. You know, we'll we'll put our second string, our third string, we'll put players in all types of different positions, you know, because it's not just about winning. It's not just about outscoring. You know, we're here for a bigger purpose, and that is to empower women and also to for the women's football, not just in Texas, yeah. but in the nation. You know, it's not just about beating somebody. Yeah, I know, and, and, and that's the, 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 you know, that is the actual uh, vision that we all have. You know, the fact that we need to get to that mm-hmm. stage where it becomes a natural environment, just like high school, just like men's pro and high school kids pro uh, and things like that. So that's our end result, you know, and we've done a great thing so far. You know, so far everything's coming together. I think, uh, you know, I've been following this sport for, since 2009, but everything's coming together. I think we have two uh, really high high class leagues in in the women's football alliance and the uh, women's national football conference now we have visibility with you know people in the NFL now uh, there's there's just things happening and coming together to where at some point hopefully we get a pro league and uh, you know women are going to get paid to play the just like the NFL just like college you know any pro league that would be put out there so hopefully that's you know that's our next yeah. stage of environment that we're going to be diving into. Um, uh, Helen and uh, Edwina, I really appreciate you guys coming in uh, and kind of giving our fans and our audience uh, a little taste of what Kingsville Empire is all about. Uh, what a, a start for the season. And uh, it looks like you guys, like you said, uh, trying to continue this going forward. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we will, the next time we hook up, it's going to be a, uh, you know, championship final stage, and I think that's uh, <laughs> almost there. That's the ahead, <laughs> as every coach would tell you, we're not looking ahead. We're looking for the next game, and that's it. But the end goal is to be at that at that end uh, final. Um, so you guys have done a tremendous job so far, and uh, shout out to your squad and to your coaches, as you said before. Um, any any last uh, uh, pitches on where uh, fans can dive in on your social media account so they can take a look at what, what the Kingsville Empire is all about if they're in Texas or they're nearby, maybe catch a game if needed? Yeah, uh, we have our entire schedule posted on our Facebook page, the Kingsville Empire. Um, we have player bios on there. We've got schedules on there. We have, if, if games get postponed, y'all will know about it. Uh, we really try and keep in touch with our fans because we're just from such a small hometown type of team, you know? So we really try and keep in touch with everybody. Uh, we also have an Instagram. It's also the Kingsville Empire. Really easy, plain, boring. That's our team name. That's what it is. Uh, and it has the little the little gold lion with our, our logo on there. So you can like our Facebook page, like our Instagram page. Messages if you're interested in playing, of course. Um, or if you're in, or if you have a team that's interested in coming to the TVS family, you know that's something that we can help facilitate you. Yeah. Great. Helen, any last words besides Irina's information? Um, well, she pretty much summed that one up. Um, so I mean, it's it's pretty good. I greatly appreciate you having us on your show. It's, it's been an honor, actually. Pretty interesting and exciting. <laughs> so. 
Monday at Arner's Hours uh, to, you know, spotlight the best talented women that play this sport, and that's our job, and that's what we do. Uh, and we've been doing it for a long, long time, and we uh, we are passionate, and that's what we do. We, we want to spotlight the best talented athletes in this sport because as we go forward with our vision, right, at some point, uh, all this laboring from you, from Edwina, and everybody else in the sport, at some point uh, we are going to see uh, women's professional football at some level, and it's going to take and you know the whole the whole squad to for that moment to happen. And so yes. so far it's been on a on a not. positive trajectory, <laughs> you know. And uh, Texas women, yeah, man, they are crazy. Texas women are crazy for yeah, the sport. Yeah, we are. Okay. I will agree with you on that one. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, you, you have no idea how many yes. messages I get on our Facebook page uh, of you know women, and then I have to say, "Where are you from?" And then they always say, "Texas," <laughs> and then I gotta go. Okay, there are oh, a yeah. lot of options for you <laughs> in Texas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just the state is just a uh, a haven, and, and you know just. Just the, the joy of the fact that the whole state is football driven in terms of a uh, women being passionate mm-hmm. about playing it, even even on tackle or flag. Flag's big too in the, in the state. So uh, you know a yeah. lot of a lot of uh, changes have happened in the state, but I think uh, overall when you when you look at it in a broad scope, uh, yourselves, uh, all the other leagues, the, the the eleven leagues plus the eights, all of them uh, have done a tremendous job in the in the state to uh, elevate of the sport to another level. And then, you know, just recently I was reading, uh, somebody sent me an, uh, a tidbit on message, which I wasn't aware. Uh, the best, the best flag team in the nation is from Texas. I was like, Whoa, hello. San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep. man. Yeah. <laughs> They're a really good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, really so, uh, Texas just isn't big for anything else, but it's also big for women's flag and women's tackle football. So uh, shout out to you and your squad for a, a, a awesome success so far. Looking forward to the Empire being in the final. That's where our goal is, to, and we'll keep tabs on you guys uh, via Texas Valley Sports. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great night, guys, uh, and stay safe, COVID-free, and uh, we'll be watching you guys all season long. All right, Doctor. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Have a great night, All right, guys, that was Edwina Elizondo and uh, Helen McClary of the Kingsville Empire. And uh, so what a fantastic season they've had so far, 4-0 in Texas Valley Sports. And if you haven't been to the hub, if you haven't been to the hub, you would have not known that. So if you were at the hub, you would have known Kingsville Empire just uh, playing badass ball in Texas. So check it out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. The best network on the planet is at the hub, Gridiron Beauties on Facebook. So check it out. Don't miss it. Uh, Kingsville Empire is still playing a high level. Looking forward to uh, the final, and hopefully they'll be in the final at this point. But it looks to me like they're they're doing great things. So so we're going to be going into the second huddle, and we're going to be talking to the talented Steph Jackson, uh, and she's part of the NFL Flag um, Females in Flag program. Uh, we talked about Phoebe Sketcher before, uh, Jen Walter, uh, Santia Deck, uh, and uh, others that are involved into the project. So we're going to dive in, be diving into Stephanie here in, in a little bit. And uh, let me find out if she's on the line here for a second here and, and get her on the line. 
and bring her on here. Let's see here. All right. So we'll, we'll uh, kind of chime into Steph right now and see if she's on and bring her on in a second here. So uh, Steph, uh, Steph Jackson's involved. Um, she was over overseas in Egypt for a inaugural uh, kind of like tournament out there in Egypt uh, with the Star Right Foundation as well. And um, so we'll look. We'll see if, how that experience went in Egypt, um, and then the program here just taken off, especially with Russell Wilson being behind it uh, and putting in uh, his two cents into it. It really um, makes it more intangible. And it allows uh, the NFL to kind of – the NFL ha- always had a focus on flag, just not as, as heavy focus as it was or as it is now. So it's, it's interesting to see how um, it will evolve from here. And uh, Jen Welker has been involved for a long, long time. Uh, we talked to Dion Lee before that about the, the Girls Football Association, how that's evolving, especially in, in Las Vegas, Florida, and Texas. The NAIA college flag scene, that also – is a situation where it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that's going to evolve and how it'll grow uh, in, in terms of the atmosphere of it and everything else. So I'm, I'm hoping that all those elements will create uh, a feeder system, which is everybody's goal is to get a feeder system going. And the feeder system should be uh, probably in college and then starts in high school going to college. Um, and that way it allows us to, uh, you know, create this whole atmosphere uh, on there at all. So let's bring in uh, the talented Jackson onto the onto the uh, podcast here. Stephanie, how's it going? Hey, what up? What up? All what up, well, Steph? man? <laughs> going on. Um, uh, just man, excited look, to, to have crazy. you on. You know, because this whole journey has come to a, uh, I think, a more heightened awareness. We had Phoebe Sketcher here uh, a, a couple podcasts ago. Um, you're involved with, uh, you know, with her as well. And then you have yeah, the deck. Uh, you also have Jen Welter. Um, so there's a lot yeah. of a lot of excitement uh, with NFL flag, females in flag, and the program. But let's talk about you uh, coming off that uh, WNFC championship in the oh, inaugural man. WNFC season with the elite Spartans. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> it seems like forever ago, right? Oh um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been uh, crazy in all my years of playing uh of playing at the women's pro level. I um I think that was uh, the first year with the WNFC. I think they really got it right from you know from a uh, executive standpoint. Uh, and Texas is second to none. The the Spartans are second to none so far as women's franchises go. I there's just like the Spartans, uh, Boston, uh, DC, Philly. You know, um, Pittsburgh, those franchises have really just kind of become the standard uh, in women's pro football. So uh, it was fun. It was actually – I got hurt the, my, the first play of the season. My first play of the season, I um, our, our running back, <laughs> Hannah, which, who is like freaking Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Marshawn Lynch mixed in one. Um, she brought two people over me on the uh, end zone, and I broke a few ligaments in my ankle. And so 
I was actually out for the season, and my next game was not up to the championship game, which was crazy. So I kind of got to watch uh, history be made. And as a competitor, I was really just sick to my stomach. But I was glad we got the dub. It was a hardball game against Utah. And uh, a lot of my guys back home were watching it. So it was good football. Well, you know, it's changed, right? You've been in the sport for a long, long time. You were in Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, and you know you've seen the sport grow, IWFL, WFA, uh, you mm-hmm. know everything. Um, we're just on another level now, right, Steph? We're just, I mean, we're the excitement with flag now. Yep. Uh, building that structure, building that foundation, having the shield behind it, uh, we would never yep. think we'd be at this level. Well, yo, that's what you work for, though, right? Like uh, I remember. I came into the sport in 2014 down in Lafayette, and so we were a really small market team. Uh, I was the only quarterback because I was the most athletic one who could actually throw, so you know how that is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so going from – I have, like, horror stories. Going from, like – going from Lafayette, Louisiana to trying to play in Tulsa, Oklahoma on a freaking bus that breaks down. And then the bus company has to call like a bus with a stripper pole to get an entire football team oh my God. to a game. Oh my I know God. all the way to yo all the way to getting flown out to a fast forward twenty nineteen getting flown out to a championship game in Denver, Colorado. So we have come a long, a long way, and I think flag is just to us is what kind of what college football was to uh, the NFL AFL system back in the day. So, yeah. We're just, we're just blessed because we can move faster with social media and now with the NFL, uh, with the shield of the NFL flag behind us. So it's a crazy time. Um, Steph, wh- how do you see yourself with this ambassador thing? You know, the serious responsibility, um, you know, how do you, tr- you know, I know you're a responsible person, but I'm saying in general, you're part of this group mm-hmm. now that has, that's pushing for this movement. You know what I mean? The message yeah. is one. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of you, all of you are talented. Uh, some of you are internationally renowned. Others mm-hmm. are nationally renowned. Um, so, right. you know, for girls, in other words, for little girls, and even for youth, the high school girls, um, the excitement. You know, we talked to Angelica Grayson before, and she was just excited for the fact that we're going to have scholarship availability for the girls yeah. to just not go to basketball or volleyball or you know, any other sport, now there's an option. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, So far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of different in that um, I always need somewhere to kind of put my competitive edge. Just, just, I can be a little crazy sometimes. So I look at this and say, hey, I'm not playing ball right now. I'm not playing on anybody's team. Um, I'm basically retired as a player, and so now – but I'm still young and I still have all this energy. And so um, when I got the call about the NFL flag ambassador deal, I was like, this is, uh, you know, this is perfect. So basically, mm-hmm. essentially we are seven, seven women who they have tasked with helping them push the needle forward. And so it is an amazing platform because you don't have to wait on anybody to do anything right. Like, Football at this point is kind of, at least girls' football and women's football, is kind of clay in your hands at this point. So you really you really get to see your vision. Like uh, we've been super – I've been super active kind of behind the scenes. I'm rolling out some things now 
on social media and all that fun stuff. But I've been active behind the scenes, really um, locking arms with NFL flag to do like teach tapes or something like that. Like, for example, I won't give anything away, but this week I got, because of weather, I got kind of quote unquote stuck in Atlanta. Um, Oh yeah. And so I've been able to partner with some pretty heavy hitters in football out here. Uh, and then link arms with NFL flag to do some fun things for, for the athletes that you guys will be seeing on social media soon. So we've basically been given this platform and, and we've been asked to say, Hey guys, how do we do this? Or how do, how do we move this forward? So they really take, take our opinions and, and take our ideas and execute on them. So, you know, for the first time I feel like we got a real voice, and really a real vehicle to execute and, and see real change in, in football from the girls and the women's standpoint. So that's kind of how I see myself um, as far as NFL flag ambassadorship. Um, Steph, your home, your home state, Texas, I mean, right there in Texas with the Texas elite, the whole state, we just talked to the empire here. Uh, there's so many talented women in that state. And we don't even know what the next wave of high school girls is going to look like. But I mean, the 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 interest is there. In other words, that's what I'm, my point is: just huge interest. Mm-hmm. And for flag to uh, become some of a feeder system towards to maybe at some point at some point down the road feed tackle to that level as well. Um, we just announced yeah. uh, the American Flag Football League just announced uh, women equity. Um, they're going to pay equality the same way that they would play the uh, the men's on the pro league with the $200,000 uh, grant or whatever. Um, so there's, there's strides being made, in other words, uh, to, to a point where now we're going to get to that next level, even on the flag side, where it's equal balance. Yo, you still hey, there? Taylor. I think I lost you. Yeah, no, you, I can hear you. Okay, I, I think you cut out. Uh, I'm not sure if you asked the question, but I was kind of listening. No, I was saying uh, that we have an opportunity here where uh, the American Flag Football League just announced that they were going to do equal pay for both men and women with, uh, mm-hmm. with their structure. So it's kind of exciting that that's starting, and then maybe that's going to maybe go over to the next stage, which is, you know, from the college flag, maybe girls are being inclined to go to tackle. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I'm just going to back up um, for my Louisiana, Mississippi people. I cannot ever claim Texas as my home state. Um, (laughs) I played in Texas, and I got a lot of love for Texas, but I'm definitely a Louisiana, Mississippi girl. Um, Yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble, okay? I I don't want to get you in trouble. (laughs) I get into enough trouble uh, with the Saints fans from Louisiana. Jenkins is probably listening to your former boss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, uh, but to your point Chiefman snowed in, so you're okay <laughs> Yo, exactly Exactly, right? So I think I'm in the clear um, But <laughs> but uh, Yeah, no, exactly So um, That is exactly What it is uh, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of women Who, who now play tackle First play flag, right? Um mm-hmm. And it's only and this is how I see flag. I see flag as currently today, twenty twenty one, we are building a crop of girl female athletes 
to send them to uh, the women the women's tackle game or the women's pro game, however you want to put it. Um, hopefully, mm-hmm. by the time they get there, there's only one league, like kind of a WNFL. Uh, but we can talk about that. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but that that's the thing. Like we are, flag is essentially like a gateway drug for us. I mean, you and I say this to parents all the time. I don't think any child under ten should be playing tackle football. I don't think um, boys or girls. And it's funny because they're trying to shield the girls. The girls grow faster. They mature. Their bodies mature faster at that age. Right. So if anybody should be playing, it probably should be girls. Anyway, but I just don't think any child under like maybe ten, eleven, twelve, they should play flag and learn and learn um, just the fundamentals of the game. And that's what's happening with girls and flag right now. They are coming into this next generation is going to be so much better than than our generation could have ever hoped to be because they're in flag playing from like age freaking six U all the way up through college now, so they have that mm-hmm. opportunity and they're always going to want more. Like flag is an amazing sport, but it, it's also a limited sport, right? Like there's contact flag, but I just see football as a limitless sport, so. It's like you you just want more, so that's how I see flag. It's definitely a feeder program, um, and I and I think Jelly may have even told you guys, but we hope to have uh, some type of, of legit um, and organized feeder program into like the WNFC coming from like the flag school. So it's a lot of partnership and a lot of kind of crossover where most of the most of our athletes, most of the WNFC women or whomever, uh, we now are in the flag world. And, you know, it's kind of like WBA. We play flag on off seasons anyway, so it just makes more sense. Now uh, but you're, that's how you're, I see flag right now. Yeah. So your your piece or your contribution at this point, as you're pointing out, this is this is basically a foundational stage, right? That's what you're saying because the vision Absolutely. is at other level. So y- your contribution, yep. uh, Santia's contribution, Jen, uh, Phoebe's, uh, everybody's contribution is going to be a little piece of the pie, basically, right? To make everything as yep. a whole. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, obviously, me personally, I stick to the wide receiver position. Um, my personal goal is to see that position uh, played in the girls and the women's game as efficiently as the guys play it. Um, and I always just try to make the product look better. I just don't like what I see from the wide receiver position when I look in, like, the women's game. It's all robotic and stuff, um, you know, and not a lot of teaching uh, technique and stuff. So that's just me personally. But oh, but big picture, yeah, big picture, that what I explained before, that's kind of I'm, – I'm a small part of that big picture. And, you're, you know, you've got a lot of stories. Um, I think uh, Phoebe's got a lot of stories. Jen obviously has a lot of history and – you know, stories, Santia, uh, we, we anticipate her league will launch at some point down the road here. And, you know, as it claims to be the pro, the first pro league, we will see what that w- will turn out to be. Um, but That'll a lot of you girls, yeah, a lot of you girls are come from different backgrounds, uh, or ambassadors. Yep. I mean, a lot of you ambassadors come from different backgrounds with different, uh, feedbacks on, and, uh, so I, I think the excitement for us, at, um, um, that we watch and that we monitor is the fact that, it's going in a streamlined mo- uh, mode, and now that the shield's behind it, you know, it makes it uh, to where it's, like, more viable. Before, you know, 
somebody would start it and then all of a sudden it, it just would collapse because there's no funding behind it or there's no support with major uh, sponsoring or major uh, outlets. Right. And I think right. that that was the, like you said earlier, that was one of the things that they've allowed you guys to do is to just, you know, bring a message. How do we, you know, get it out there and how can we impact it even further? And I think uh, because it is NFL backed, uh, the last part obviously is more impactful uh, with all their means that they have. No, exactly. It means everything that the shield uh, is behind our efforts. And now you, you're seeing um, the juggernaut that is Nike uh, behind our mm-hmm. efforts. And so I had a very interesting conversation with them, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Did you ever think uh, you were talking to Nike stuff at some point in your career? <laughs> Having an actual conversation with big branding, I mean, nobody would think yeah, of that. Yeah, well, I'm a very ambitious person, and so I am a huge dreamer. And so when I used to, when I first started out with this thing, just like, yo, this is what it can be back in, like, 14, 15. Like, I, I was training, like, three times a day, literally. Nobody was paying me. Uh, I think I'd have gone vegetarian because meat costs too much. And, like, living... <laughs> It was crazy, man. Living in an empty apartment, I would sleep on the floor, get up, and just grind it out, all to be in a position to play the game that I love. And so, I, you know, I knew I was going to Nike one day. You got to write a book. It would be nice <laughs> Yo, just to get some story out there. My God, that'd be an interesting book. <laughs> <laughs> I, it would sell. Don't worry, it would sell. Just put the shield behind it. It'll sell. Exactly. I'll stick a little NFL shield. They'll probably get me, but I'll probably get some angry phone calls from them. Um, uh, Steph, you know, the Women's Football Alliance has made so much inroads, too. I mean, we have major sponsors now. you got Coach Lori Locas, the first Super Bowl winner on yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks. Shout I out said, to Lowe. You know, I said it a couple podcasts ago when, she, when they said, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl, and I said, you can go ahead and lay that as a guarantee because she's she's on the TV 12 bandwagon, and there's like 90% chance she's she's not going to lose, and 99.9% chance she's not going to lose. Um, and you know, so it, it's 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 so it's just rewarding for her because she started where she started, you know, and she put in the time and and everything, and uh, what a moment for her, and then what a moment for you know just the general in the sport in general, you know, for both leagues. Yeah, no, that's that's legit. Um, I have some some very um, strong opinions about there not being one women's football league, but I'll leave that alone. But like you said, there's so many. We cross over so much, right? Like we all started in WFA, like it or love it or not, we all started there. Um, and so most of us have played for both leagues, and so you can't. It's hard to represent one without representing the other, right? So. Everything we do from here on out is going to be linked to both leagues. Like, I'll forever be linked to WFA and, and Acadiana Zydeco and, and uh, DC Divas and the WNFC and the Texas Elite Spartans. Um, I'm sitting here, probably I had on my DC Divas hoodie today, which is hilarious. Um, but, no, that that's huge. Like, I think the first big sponsorship maybe for WFA that came over was, like, a secret sponsorship or yep. partnership they had with Secret, and then they started getting other uh, big sponsors. So just just to see them grow as a league, I'm still like, yo, okay, this is it's pretty cool just knowing where 
where they've come from and just how far they've come and a lot of things that they've improved upon and now they're kind of seeing that fruit. So, yo, shout out to them. And also, I, I if I was a betting woman, Low and 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 Coach Bowles and that defense would have made me a pretty penny. I'm just gonna say that. Okay. You're gonna say that really on the air? I'm just kidding. <laughs> if the key word being if operative word being if they would have made me some good money. Okay. <laughs> oh, Steph, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like I was sitting there, I was watching the game, and the first two quarters, and then. From there, my wife says, what are we watching, the Bad News Bears on the other side? <laughs> and then I said to her, well, it, it's just like it's a crappy offense. that was make, It's a makeshift offense that came in to play in the Super Bowl. And she goes, why would they do that? And I'm like, it's because it's all they had. And then you start to see Mahomes completely getting manhandled. And then you start yeah. to see, you know, like Jen says, they threw the meat on the other side and all these dogs on the other side just came to eat. And I felt bad Listen, for Mahomes. Look at I'm telling you, Todd Bowles is not gonna have his defense. He was all he's such a, an intelligent coach. He's been around the league forever. Um mm-hmm. he unfortunately got let go by the Jets, which a lot of people have very strong opinions about that. So it was always it's always good to see him win. Um obviously I'm completely biased. because uh, I was with the Jets back in twenty eighteen and he had a huge impact on me while I was there. Um, so shout out to coach, but but the the guy is smart, man. Like I always oh, yeah. go for a top defense over a top offense any day. And man, we got an old saying in the South. We say, we always say pressure will will burst the pipe. So mm-hmm. and I don't care how nice Mahomes is, great. But yo, pressure is everything. Is everything. He I don't think I'm... he got a clean pass off. No, Steph. I mean, you were watching that game. Uh, Holly was here last last week, and she analyzed the game. And it's like it was literally manslaughter. It was like they they contained yeah. Kelsey and and Hill. They they basically took their timing off. Uh, they knew the offense was a makeshift offense, and they knew that they could put pressure. And I mean, it was just if you love football and you understand football, it was a defensive masterpiece. Basically, that's what oh, it was. It was, a, it was crippled the offense. And a lot of people, oh, the scoring and everything. I'm like, okay, well, if you're not a true football fan, you didn't appreciate that. You know what I mean? The scoring's great, but when you see it at the highest, at the biggest stage, you know, the Super Bowl, everyone's like, it's going to go down as a boring Super Bowl. Well, no, I think it's, when you look at it, put it in perspective, it's going to go down as a kick-ass defensive win. That's what it was. Exactly. I wish they could have given the linebacker group, like, Shout out to White. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Baton Rouge, and so we always love to see our LSU guys win. But this kid came in like year one, captain, year two, boom. This is what you get out of this kid after year two. So, I mean, it was a, I thought it was a good game. I mean, you know. Also, defensive coordinators around the league are just playing stupid if they don't go back and dissect the oh, yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense on how to stop. Patrick Mahomes with those two high safeties. You're just – because that's their bread and butter, taking the top off the defense with with, with Reek. And so – Right. What, you going to give Travis Kelsey have, what, like 133 yards? Who cares? Because he's not the killer for them. He's an amazing tight end. But all he's good for is some dumps in the middle, and that's cool. But their bread and butter is 
take the top off the defense with Reek or uh, McColl. Yeah, that was interesting. I loved it. Hey, you're, I mean, coping it. you're coping it. Um, before we let you go here, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, I really appreciate your time and coming on here. It's an honor yeah, to speak no to you as well. Um, how about the Star Right Foundation? She's been doing a great job out there now in Egypt for the tournament. Uh, we've had messages from the Moroccan uh, region there that, you know, they wanted to start women's tackle, but they've obviously put women's flag on the map as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that experience in, in Egypt. So, yeah, no doubt. Uh, first of all, I ended up missing the plane long, very long. It's like a horrific uh, airport story. Um <laughs> So I got stuck in JFK and couldn't find another flight out. So I didn't physically make it. But after talking to uh, Jelly, I got the rundown, and I obviously stalked them the whole time they were there. Um, mm-hmm. And then just kind of deep debriefing with Star. Um, she is doing – I mean, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of what Star has been doing internationally for the game of football. Uh the the big vision is just so much bigger than that, but what they were able to do um, for the history of football, period, not just women, but the history of American football in that region with the inaugural flag cup, um, the NFL, not NFL, but hopefully one day soon, but um, with the inaugural African Cup, it was just crazy. So obviously football is completely American sport, and I'll try to be really quick, but you know, they go over there and we're kind of like superstars to them because, you know, for all of our American American arrogance, they really respect the fact that, that we can have been freely playing this game for so long. And as good an athletes as they are, like these are some crazy good athletes. These aren't just, you know, just kind of running a meal, little soccer players or whatever, whatever. But these these young women are really good athletes. And and so they're humble enough, though, to always want to learn. Um, so starting them, they were able to go over there. And I think that uh, Egypt Eagles at, actually ended up winning the tournament. They're, they could probably yep. beat most teams in America in flag. Um, but but then they had about almost 100 athletes out for the, uh, for the next day for the football camp. So that was pretty crazy uh, to hear about that. But I will not be missing that next trip. She and I have some things planned uh, internationally. So, um, oh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be crazy. Stephen, all this excitement, all the buildup, you know, hopefully we're, we're over this COVID thing here. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just it's, once it opens up again, I think it's, you know, 2020 was supposed to be the year that we, that we broke out, right? WFA, mm-hmm. WNFC. It was the year that we broke out. Now it's, it's going to be really awesome because, you know, uh, you have uh, 11 sports covering WFA game of the week. You have uh Vire network covering WNFC. Um, so it's just anticipation for this season is huge on all levels, just for the, the fact that we're going to have more visibility to women's tackle football in, in general. Yeah, no doubt. Like, I'm just wondering how much I have to pay these two leagues to come to the table like the AFL and the NFL and say, hey, let's just stop playing around and just make this one big, you know, women's football league. I think that would be so much better for the sport. Um, but what's going to happen is they're, they're both going to keep growing and keep growing, and then one day they're going to be forced to do it. So I just hope that they keep growing so the sport can keep growing, but – 
you know, I'm going to be ready um, when it's time to sit down at the table to come together as one league so we can really get some money and, you know, and get some resources behind us. I think uh, the alumni, uh, WFL alumni being in, in, uh, in the spotlight with the NFL, I think Sam has done a tremendous job, you know, Sam Rappaport, um, starting oh, yeah, no forum and, and putting that together. It's given everybody an opportunity to either, you know, go into a coaching state or get some sort of uh, mentoring, as they call it. Uh, the opportunities yep. are endless, basically, at this point, given those avenues that were open. Uh, Scott Pioli, right? Given opportunities there as well, um, you know Tampa Bay. You can't say enough for you know Coach Arians doing his part. Uh, Coach Rivera, um, as well uh, Coach Tisfanski up in Cleveland. Um, so we have uh, you know made strides in terms of the uh, All Stars or the alumni now in the w- from the WFA, uh, and a lot of those mm-hmm. came from historic franchises. You know, like we just talked to uh, Lois Cook last week about you know a lot of these players went through a diva system. You went through a diva system. Um, a lot of players have gone through a diva system. You know what I mean? Most of the, yeah. most of the w, um, alumni in the, in the NFL right now, Callie, Jennifer, right, have gone through a diva system. And oh, I think uh, it says a lot about, like a lot about Rich, Rich Daniels. There's a lot about Mr. Hamlin prior oh, yo, to that. I'm just going to stop you there. Like, Rich is a gold. He is gold. Like Rich oh, yeah. is solid gold. He and um and Allie Hamlin, which is Allie is probably like the the greatest. She's like the Tom Brady of women's football. Um, so I hope Allie's story really gets out there. But no, Rich is to this day, man. Like to this day, I if Rich needs something, I'll I'll come. Like I didn't spend and I wasn't able to spend an entire season with the Divas. It was very difficult for me, kind of traveling. I was in law school in Jackson, Mississippi, and mm-hmm. traveling every week to go play up in D.C. And so, obviously, that that's not a sustainable life, so I kind of had to call it quits. But with my time with Rich and um, some of the Divas, man, he, you know, he really, he really, he was good. He was good to me um, and through my kind of struggles and stuff, so. Man, he is golden, and um, the Divas franchise is, is such a – it's a great football franchise, man. It's not just, like, a good women's football franchise. No, man, it's it's better than some of the NFL franchises. I'll just say that. Yeah, no, it's it's got historic so, uh, meaning. It's got historic meaning. Yep. I mean, uh, the Sharks are gone at this point, and uh, yep. there's only two left. I think Minnesota is probably the next one down, but when you have to put it in, you know, in perspective – uh, Boston, D.C. is the WFA. You know, when you put it in the whole scope of women's, the Women's yeah. Football Alliance, the Renegades and the Diva rivalry is the WFA. And, I mean, it's yeah. high-level, historic in every sense. And, um, yeah, I, I, they, they have done a great job in terms of promoting themselves and, and, and the community and doing all the laboring that he does. And then putting the Divas at the St. James, <laughs> that's huge. The St. James. You know, you would never think he'd be at the same James, but uh, oh, yeah. he, he does, he's done a tremendous job out there. I mean, that facility is awesome. That's an amazing facility as well. Um, I need to go visit then. Yeah, you need to go because it's awesome. I mean, I've, I've been told by a lot of players that have gone there. It's awesome. Um, Steph, uh, thank you for making the time. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, I know you're uh, busy, busy, and I really appreciate you, uh, you know, 
with all your schedule and your traveling and everything else and uh, doing that. But I really appreciate you bringing you on because I needed I needed to bring somebody in, especially with all this excitement that's happening with Flag. I know it's not relative to tackle football yet in a in a, sco- in a bigger scope, but I think because of the fact that it's a you know it's a breeding ground for the foundation for that next stage. Uh, you uh, being an integral part of it, Phoebe, Jen, Santia, um, Tony, uh, all of you guys pretty much, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys, what you're doing, and we really uh, are rooting you on to, to get this thing right and, uh, and the next generation to show up and spotlight women's tackle football. Definitely. Thank you for the continued coverage all these years, man. I didn't think I'd ever – be on here talking to you guys or anything, but uh, I'm always kind of watching from afar. So I definitely appreciate you guys reaching out and, and allowing me to come on and, and spend some time with you tonight. Yeah, Steph, no problem. I uh, wish you well, COVID free. Uh, I hope uh, your travel is safe back to uh, your home. And then uh, really, really excited for all the things that you guys are uh, brewing up and collaborating with and, getting to that next stage. So we'll be, we would definitely be following you guys closely. Definitely. Listen, reach out, you know, if, when things happen, you know, I'm, I'm happy when my schedule permits to come on and, and kick it with you guys a little bit. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime you just, you message me and you're on. That's as easy as they get. Right. Cause uh, like I said, you're the best. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, safe travels once again. And uh, you know, go keep doing what you're doing. Just go kick ass. <laughs> I got you for sure. All right, Steph. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. Safe travels. All right. Same, guys. All right, guys. That was uh, NFL flag, females and flag ambassador, and uh, also champion, WFA champion, WNFC champion, and uh, Steph Jackson. And if you haven't checked her out, you can go on Instagram as well. Uh, you can go to Steph Jackson, the athlete page on Facebook. Um, so she's got a really good following um, with Santia Deck, with Jen Welter, with Tony Harris, with a fee, our own Phoebe Sketcher, our No Joke Football Athlete Phoebe Sketcher. Um, just they're, they're doing a tremendous job with NFL Flag, uh, getting the scope of it out there. Uh, the foundation she just talked about, you know, uh, Star Right Foundation doing her thing internationally to m- make the impact as well. Um, Nike coming on board with the the commitment to the sport and to bring it out and to try to uh, get some feedback and survey in terms of what needs to be done nationally. Um, That also incorporates some of the other people that we talked about on the podcast here. You know, Dion Lee has been at it for a long, long time uh, with the girls football association with in Vegas, Florida and Texas. So, you know, there's a lot of people coming together, uh, bringing this, this element together. Um, The NAIA flag scene, the college scene with, uh, you know, um, Liz Sowers and obviously Angelica Grayson on board. It's going to allow uh, somewhat of a foundation and feeder system to uh, evolve. And like she stated here, hopefully it's, you know, it will take some time, but hopefully from this stage or this environment and this co- collaboration, it, it's going to feed into her, uh, you know, vision is to have, you know, WFA, WNFC merge you know, merge together in the big markets, put together, you know, the Bostons, put together the DCs, the Pittsburghs, uh, at, you know, the Dallas, the Texas Elite Spartans, the Utah Falcons, the uh, Cali Wars, the Atlanta Phoenixes, the, uh, you know, all these uh, wonderful franchises in both leagues. 
that could help the sport become one, one shield, just like the NFL, and it really would impact uh, women's tackle football. Um, we don't know what will happen with, you know, WFLA uh, at this point. Uh, we reached, we were, uh, reached out this week to uh, Commissioner Brandon Shelby, who was here about uh, 18 months ago. Uh, hopefully he'll respond back and be on the podcast to give us details about, you know, where the WFLA is going forward. Uh, they obviously, their model was promised to pay certain players uh, and, you know, certain uh, aspect of, and so we're, we're hoping that that's going to still be on the table and on board to go with. But in the meantime, if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, uh, we're looking forward to the 2021 women's football Alliance season, plus the uh, women's national football conference season, uh, including the uh, icon women's football association. I eight uh, tournament, uh, you know, tournament uh, season there. And then also X league 2021, which was, uh, given this news today that they're going to move to June through September due to COVID restrictions with certain availabilities on their schedule with terms of arenas. We don't know if the IWFA I-8 is going to have any changes as well to their scheduling based on uh, arena availability and things like that. Uh, the focus obviously is um, states that have opened up and states that have certain guidelines or states that have lifted restrictions and have minimal guidelines based on their, um, you know, uh, situations that are happening with um, COVID in general. So we don't know any of this intangibles at this point, but we do know that we are hopeful that in 60 days from today, we are still going to have all these leagues play a full season. And given the, the, the way the NFL played, uh, it might be a situation where everybody, every league will learn from that. Either you stretch out a week and a team or there's going to be intangibles. And so, I'm pretty sure they're all looking at the different ways that they could do in, in case one scenario happens or the next scenario happens. Uh, we talked to Win uh, Domini here, uh, uh, episode 356, giving us the lowdown uh, on the go with the WFA. We also had talked to uh, previously to Odessa Jenkins here. Um, and so both leagues have committed as far as I've talked to them. They're both ready to roll for 2021. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, WFA with 11 sports, WNFC with Vire Networks. So uh, really awesome. Um, if you guys, if you haven't gone to monkeyknife5.com, go to monkeyknife5.com. That's our, our podcast sponsor. That's what keeps us afloat on the air. It's a great platform. Uh, simply choose your team uh, or of two or a few players of two and select the over and under. It's pretty simple, over and under player range. If you can do that, you can win some money. Put in, you know, $5, win 15 put in 20 win 60 uh, It's really simple. You can also earn uh, Monkey Knife Fight dollars and, and use them on Monkey Knife Fight. So Monkey Knife Fight contest remove, uh, revolves around whether or not players will achieve a specific benchmark. Um, so it's pretty easy to do. Like I said, I, I mostly play more or less, which is my favorite concept, more or less. So uh, go to monkeyknife5.com, use the code, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast um, on Apple iHeart and Spotify or any other uh, platform that you're on, just uh, look up Gridiron Beauty Splits Podcast, or you can go on Google, Gridiron Beauty Splits Podcast as well, and you can check us out there uh, and all on the different platforms, depending on where you're listening to. I want to shout out to uh, all the folks out in Spain, Russia, and Germany for uh, listening to us weekly. I really, really appreciate it. It's given us an international bump, and those folks there are um, – obviously the impactful contributors to that, including uh, the uh, folks in Canada, Mexico, and obviously here in the States who gives us uh, love every week. And we bring you this podcast every week 
to inform you of what's happening in the sport, bring you some uh, guests that are making an impact in the sport, and then uh, mix in some NFL weekly news and, and rumors and to keep it lively in that sense. But we do our best every week to do that, and also Zazzle.com helping us out, keep us uh, on, on track to uh, our vision to uh, make women's tackle football the norm. And it's going to happen. Uh, we're almost there. We're just, we've been there. Uh, we've made more strides than we've ever made before. So it's just a, a up, upwards trajectory from here. So we're, we're hopeful that that's going to continue, especially with this flag excitement that's happening. So uh, don't forget, go to the hub, the place to be. The best network on the planet exists at the hub. And I, I think I posted it on my Facebook this week. If you guys haven't, you know, dived into me on a person on my Facebook group, but this is a huge uh, environment for us, 27,000 strong. Uh, we're uh, weekly reaching about five 5,000 fans weekly off our platforms on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Uh, we are now at a, at a level where a reliability is a responsibility, if that's what you want to call it at this point. And we try to do our best to stay up with everything in the sport, to collaborate with uh, the big heads of the sports leagues as well and give you and bring you the content and the awareness that you need to keep up with the sport and keep up with both leagues uh, as they uh, elevate themselves to another level. And hopefully we'll at one point in our lifetime, we will see one of those two leagues be pro and girls are going to get paid. Women are going to get paid to play women's tackle football. Uh, So it's pretty exciting. Uh, our brand has grown so much since 2009, 2012 for Zazzle, and obviously we're just doing we're doing an amazing job. And I want to just uh, on the air tell uh, everybody that co- collaborates with us, networks with us, and has su- supported us in any way, given us feedback, information, everything that we can filter out in a professional manner on our page. Um, our goal was to always put the page in a uh, ESPN Fox Sports manner to cover the sport at the serious level, just like any other content would. And I think we've achieved that uh, over this uh, eight years or so uh, on that sense. And on the platform here, uh, thanks to Block Talk Radio, thanks to Zazzle before that, supporting us on the podcast, and now to monkeynightfight.com. So it's really, really exciting. Uh, We're going to be diving into the last half hour here, and we're going to be going with uh, our co-host, Nate Ward, our ex-league insider, and uh, we're going to dive into women's news and notes for the last uh, 25 minutes here. So, like I said, don't forget to subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and, and Spotify. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter as well at Gridiron Beauties. You can check us out on Twitter at the uh, No Joke Football page at No Joke Football Brand, on Facebook at No Joke Football Brand as well, and on Instagram as well at No Joke Football. So get some gear uh, up to 25% off daily. Sport your No Joke Football um, shield out there. Uh, Get the most popular shirt that we got selling this uh, 2021, which is the not a, not a Boys game. So get your Not a Boys game and boldly display it out there and start the conversation about women's tackle football. So let's bring in Nate Ward in the house. Let's see here. Nate. Nate, what's going on, boy? Uh, how you doing, Oscar? I'm doing good. I'm not snowed in like in Texas, so I can't complain. Yeah, I'm not anymore. All it took was a little rain yesterday to wash all that away. But uh, I feel for my sister and brother-in-law right now because they are down in Austin and it's rough. Yeah, I know some of the some of them having power outages. Um, 
So that's not even I – mean, it's one thing to have snow. It's another thing to not have power. That's, that's no not kidding. really cool either. Yeah, yeah. Not cool at all. Um, Nate, uh, mm-hmm. Sweet Level Access came out today, and, uh, you know, you had given us a tidbit earlier in the week about Omaha moving to Arizona. I, I, I really think uh, the change in venue, the change in area, uh, you know, I think Mitchell laid it out. It is probably more viable in terms of finances. Uh, Scottsdale's a bigger city, nightlife, everything. So um, sort of like L.A. in a way or Seattle. The move, in my sense, I, th- I guess the move is good in that sense for them. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's, I, I mean, you know, it, they got a positive reaction. When LFL went down there for the for the, the Legends Cup, they got a pretty pretty good response. I I'm, can't think off the top of my head where exactly they were. I think they weren't too far outside of Scottsdale. But, I mean, like you said, they've got the nightlife. They've got the bigger you know, the bigger population, I, and I kind of alluded to it in our conversation on um, Messenger, is that Arizona loves their indoor football. I mean, IFL just expanded, and they put a, I think it's a third indoor team down there, and, you know, that's already been gaining steam. So, you know, we'll we'll see how, how it goes. I do believe, and I do agree, it's a, it's a, it's a viable financial decision, and the fact that it, it's a partnership with a major league baseball team to use the facility. I mean, that, that's that's levels up from anything that even you know Legends was doing over the ten years they were in existence. Yeah, I, I really uh, uh, the talent pool there is going to be a lot better. Uh, I think that was one of the mm-hmm. issues with Omaha is they're just the limit the limited uh, you know rostering. They've always had they always had roster issues to try to field the team. And I think just right. because the colleges are there and everything else, the opportunity is there for them to have the bigger market. Obviously, you're not going to have a problem with the depth, depth roster. Uh, you're able to put that together in that sense. Um, it's a good move. Uh, it also allows uh, you know a rivalries to exist. So you got Arizona, Los Angeles. You got Arizona, Seattle. You know, it's a West Coast type of feel uh, rivalry. You got Denver also in the mix. Um, so it's yep. kind of like a nice West Coast type of feel. Hopefully, Denver improves from, you know, past incarnations in the LFL. Hopefully that's going to be the case. But, uh, you know, the East Coast is going to be uh, a little bit different. Uh, you got Chicago, you got Atlanta, Kansas City. Uh, who else do we have? Austin. I, I think they're, they're probably going to put in the, in the East Coast at, at this point, if I'm correct. Um, so there's, there's some changes being made there. And so I think that the announcement of U.K. and Germany opportunity, I think is – probably talking out of his butt right now um i think it's doable but i i don't see it as like this next year i'm maybe down the road in three years from today depending on how um well the league does june through september because he mentioned that the the, some of the dates have been changed because of the covid and the uh, arena dates not being available so now the season's going to be like i think june through september it's going to be restructured at this point yeah, kicking off in June, it's going to be one home, one away, and it's yeah, like you said, it's it's COVID, it's arena and stadium availability. It's also um, because of the snowstorm here, the the tryouts for Seattle need to be rescheduled. No word yet on when that's going to happen, and then they need the ones for 
Arizona. So a lot of pieces put together, so I don't blame them for backing it up. They just, I honestly think that they need to be able to kick off this year and actually have some semblance of a season, even if it's just the one-on-one format. And because if you don't, I mean, you keep pushing it back, keep saying, yeah, we're going to start. Well, how long does that last before people just kind of fall off the wayside and are like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we keep hearing this month after month. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I really think the the setback is going to hurt them in, in one sense, but at the same time, if they do do it right, to your point, uh, there'll be somewhat of excitement, especially with the uniform changes, um, with everything they've done exactly. to market it differently, um, could be could be different. Um, so them hooking up with, you know, overseas as he's claiming that he's trying to hook up with Germany, you know, the Bundesliga League and the Premier League, uh, we will wait and see if that even matures because we, you know, we said that before and nothing's happened, you know. Right. So wait and see at this point. Um, but you got a lot of stars returning, a lot of veterans from LFL. You got uh, the opportunities there. I, I do agree with his comment that we do have more veteran quarterbacks now returning. That's going to make the league a lot more uh, credible. You know, when you have the KKs and the uh, the Asti Salernos and um, right, you know. Uh, the uh, uh, angel in in the mix as well, so that's going to make it somewhat credible. Um, so that right there is what you need. Uh, star quarterback star power is what you need. If you if you're coming into the season with no quarterback star power and we have no names against it, uh, that would be a tougher uh, sell. So we'll we'll see how it happens at this uh, at this point. Um, Nate, we're gonna we're gonna go over to LNFA Feminina this uh, this week. Uh, week kind of come up. But uh, week two was February uh, February 6th and 7th. That was an exciting weekend. If you guys missed it, go to the hub at Facebook.com. We have the recap there, week two of LNFA Feminina, uh, and it is uh, 9-on-9 action. So we'll, we'll go right there. I mean, 7-on-7 uh, seven seven action, 9-on-9, 7-on-7 action. Um, <laughs> week three coming up here, Barbero rookies will be taking on Badalona Drag Girls. Badalona hasn't won in like two years. So uh, opportunity probably not going to be well for them against the rookies. Uh, rookies coming off a 54-0. to They beat the Saragossa Hurricanes uh, in week two. And then uh, Harbados taking on Comineros. Comineros uh, just uh, did the makeup game this week. You can watch it on via Twitch TV uh, at the mm-hmm. hub. That was the game. Comineros versus Malaga Corsairs. Uh, Corsairs uh, debut. They get the win, 26 to 12. Comuneros obviously get the loss, and they're going up against Harbados. Harbados are 0 and 2. Uh, they lost to Osos Rivas, who also won in their debut, 39-18. So, um, Nate Harbados and Comuneros here looking for the first win in league in in their history in the league. So, uh, mm-hmm. one of them is going to win. One of them has to win. One of them is going to win, or it's just sad. Yeah. So the the boars uh, are going to are going to play the trucks, as that would be translated in English. So the boars versus the trucks, and that's what we have. So one of those is going to it's going to win. Uh, the other game is in Buffalo's taking on taking on the Valencia Fire uh, Firebats. Valencia is, uh, I think, undefeated. Let me look at my notes here. Uh, let's see here. Da, da, da. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, 1-0 Valencia, who uh, 
Week one took care of Saragoza, seventy to zero. Looks like Saragoza is the punching Whoa. bag. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but looks like they're the punching bag so far this season. They're the equivalent of Omaha. Actually, the equivalent <laughs> of Denver. I'll go that far. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they they're doing uh, seventy four and fifty four, not playing hot ball. <laughs> not. Uh, and, and and you know seven on seven is is way more murderous. Like we talked to Mac last week, right? Seven on seven is like oh heaven, yes. One, one one person gets by, it's burners normally, and you're done. You you can rack up scores quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's, it's more brutal. It's more brutal. Um, then it's going to be Corsairs uh, taking on Osos, two teams that won their first game ever in league in the league. So this is interesting. You have the trucks against the Boars who have not won, and they need a win. And Corsairs and Osos both won their first outing. So this is a, this is a great matchup here for two uh, teams that are new. Dickens come out of the grave and start writing this again. I feel like it's a tale of two cities. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be great for Malaga taking on uh, Osos, Rivas, Rivas, Osos, the Bears from uh, Rivas, Corsairs from Malaga. So week three, uh, it's going to be February 20th coming up here uh, in in this coming weekend. So we'll have wall-to-wall coverage. La Liga Sports will have one of the broadcast games there. So all you need to do is what, Nate? you got to be at the hub. you got to go to the hub. I don't know why you're not at the hub, Simple. but if you're not at the hub, go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash grid beauties. That's all you need to do. So uh, we're looking forward yeah. to uh, the uh, week three slate of games in LNFA Femenina in Spain. So that's awesome. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on them and see what's happening there. Uh, the other uh, uh, Texas Valley sports matchups uh, coming up here week seven, uh, week 13, uh, February 13th was the matchups. We will get you updated on, the Coastal Bend Legion taking on the South Texas Cobras. We'll also get you updated on the River City Warriors uh, taking on the Corpus Christi Sharks. And then uh, Kingsville and South Texas was canceled. Um, so we just talked to the Kingsville Empire earlier in the, in the first hour to Helen McClary and Edwina Elizondo. So um, they were pretty excited. So they're undefeated. Uh, so we'll take, in, take into consideration that. Coastal Bend Legion has been – uh, coming off of a week five, it, that was February 6th, 27-21, they defeated the River City Warriors. Warriors have been playing tough ball, but they've just been out the losing end of the stick. Uh, Coastal Bend, 3-1 and one right now. And then uh, River City against Corpus Christi. So maybe this is this is going to be the week, uh, the weekend. Hopefully, uh, I didn't uh, get to see the scores, but hopefully this is the weekend that River City rebounds and gets, gets a win against uh, Corpus Christi Sharks in Texas Valley. So if you missed anything, you can always uh, go to the hub and you get the update site right there as mm-hmm. well. Great Iron West uh, canceled their their last two weeks of the season due to the COVID restrictions in Perth. So um, they are going to have the semifinals and the finals uh, scheduled out as soon as the uh, restrictions are lifted. So we will uh, get details from them. Um, I already kind of reached out to them. So they're going to give us the uh, updates and everything, so you keep tabs on that. And in terms of when the when the the playoffs will start and when the final will be announced, uh, at this point, Rockingham Vipers, if they don't have a playoff and a final, more than likely the the Rockingham Vipers would be nominated as champions for the 2020 season, uh, given the fact that they're undefeated. 
makes sense. Yeah, but I, I think they're still going to play the games at this point, so it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, if you missed the Gridiron New South Wales, uh, Wales uh, Championship, the Opal Bowl Championship, shout out to our girls, uh, Noja football athlete Shiloh Phillips and Renee Hahn. Uh, what an amazing game out there. We also get, I have to give a shout out. If you go to the Instagram Gridiron Beauties uh, page, uh, shout out to uh, Veronica Ladu and then Pierre Pritchard as well. What an amazing game. Uh, I've watched this game about four times already, Nate. This is a nail-biter, double overtime, 30-24, to 24, and the uh, North Sydney Rebels, after two tries in the last two seasons, they finally get the win. Oh, man. I haven't watched that as many times as you, and I think I've watched it twice. But, man, those are the kind of games that I just love. Nobody they were down 18-0. Uh, let's just put it in perspective. They were getting beat 18-0 yes. to zero before the half. And they put a show like Brady against the Atlanta Falcons. They literally made a comeback. And they, get, it, they it went into stellar. double overtime to win it. Yeah. I mean, it was impressive. It was, it was just impressive. What an impressive game. Uh, Opal Bowl, I think it's Opal Bowl 8. Uh, it's going to go down in history as one of the a great games in Greater New South Wales uh, women's uh, tackle football. Agreed. So uh, you know, shout out, agreed. Shout out to both both teams. Shout out to both part uh, both uh, uh, squads. Uh, they put together an amazing uh, finish. If you haven't watched it, you need to go to the hub, get the link there. Greater New South Wales, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna you. It just it's a classic. Thirty to twenty four double overtime. Uh, Rebels were down eighteen to zero. Really not having no success early. And then they turn around in the second half, tie it up at the end of the match, right? And then right after that, right. it was uh, first overtime, even, and then it took second overtime to um, basically get the win, edge the Raiders. The Raiders are dominant team in North, uh, New South Wales. I mean, they've been a dominant franchise for a long time in terms of championships, accolades. And uh, so the Rebels, uh, the Rebels had lost the two previous Opa Bowls. And then this coming into this game, uh, you thought it was going to be, you know, they weren't able, they weren't going to be able to pull it off. And, you know, a shout out to the North Sydney Rebels for a, a thrilling matchup and as well as for an, an amazing victory by them. Huge props, just incredible job by all. Way to go! It was it was awesome. Um, the other notice at the uh, news at the uh, at the hub is uh, Nate. We the uh, Mr. Davis, uh, the owner of the Raiders. Apparently, he's going to, uh, is, is going to buy the WNBA uh, Las Vegas Aces. So I put out a you know nice little uh, question out there. You know, could this be a sign where maybe one of these NFL owners takes a gamble on a you know WNFC or WFA you know uh, you know league or put together uh, some franchises together, buy a couple teams, that kind of deal. So uh, maybe it's you know a positive sign going forward that you know an NFL NFL team is invest, investing in a you know basketball team, but hopefully in the future it'll invest into a, a football female team. You know, when I first heard the news, that was the that was actually the the first thing that crossed my mind because I was thinking the you know the 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 couple of times where the NFL has kind of given women's football a spotlight, uh, we saw that at halftime a couple of years ago at the Pro Bowl. Um, and I 
it would be a huge boost if they did. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't honestly know what it would take to convince them or push them to take that step, but I would love to see them take that step. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, even if you put it on a West Coast wing, uh, I mean, an East Coast wing, like we talked about with uh, Wen Domini, uh, even if you, you know, somebody took a gamble on putting together the Renegades, the, the Divas, the, the Passion, and maybe, you know, a sixth, right. sixth league, sixth league uh, East Coast swing out there, um, maybe that would work as, as an initial investment. Um, it could be a situation where somebody, you know, it's going to either pick and choose or acquire some of those leagues, but we don't know, you know, when that'll happen, but it would be interesting to see if, if an owner was Ill, actually interested in that. But I, WNBA is obviously pro league. It's an established franchise. So putting money into something established already is kind of a no-brainer for Mr. Davis, right? It's in the city. It gives them a lure right. for the Raiders. Their uniforms are basically almost similar, silver and black. So it's like the marketing's, you know, not that not big of a deal. We've got to shout out, uh, give a shout-out to um, Italy, the uh, the Italian Federation announces uh, national advisors. The three women included, obviously, uh, Nasica del Orto, which we know very well, and then Valeria Gigliolimino and Va- Valentina uh, Rusudi. So if I'm missing, mispronouncing your names, I apologize. I was trying to be as good as I could be. Uh, so those three ambassadors will uh, take leads uh, in the CIF, CIFAF and also help out the Italian league, Italian uh, Federation in terms of advisory to grow the sport there. So shout out to all three of them for doing their, their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's another article on nine news.com at the hub. And that involves Emily sale of the Broncos who's advocating for girls football. So it's a very interesting article. Go check it out. Uh, make sure you share it. It's really awesome. So give her some props and support mm-hmm. out there. And then we have some sad news uh, to report. Unfortunately um, from the WWCFL, um, hockey uh, talent and very extraordinary hockey talent uh, was sent to me by um, Stanky, uh, and it was Emily Meadow, who uh, played, I believe, in the uh, women's uh, Western Women's Canadian Football League, and uh, with mm-hmm. the Manitoba Fearless. So our condolences go out to her family and her friends and all those folks that supported her and uh, in her passing. Uh, so, uh, Emily, uh, you know, uh, we give our prayers to your family and all your teammates in both sides in hockey and in football. Yep. Our deepest condolences to friends, family, and everybody. Just, uh, it always hurts when it's a member of the, the community. It really does. Yeah, it's just tough. Um, I don't know uh, what the cause of death was. At this point, it was not disclosed, but, uh, um, you know, it's a sad moment. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we stand with the WWCFL uh, family and uh, given our condolences to them as well. Uh, all right. Um, so we had uh, earlier at the beginning of the hour, we had the uh, talented Kings, Kingsville Empire um, All-Stars as well, um, Helen McClary and uh, Edwina. Elizondo. So we thank him for, for coming on and uh, kind of expressing the Texas Valley sports top tier team in Kingsville empire. And we also had Steph Jackson uh, ambassador for NFL flag uh, and, and females in flag and former uh, WFA and WNFC champion. So shout out to Steph who just, you know, uh, gracious to give us t- some time 
and she's an outstanding uh, athlete and as, as well as a great ambassador. She's doing a great job trying to get the flag football, you know, push front and center to us. Um, and so they've done a good job there. And um, she's, uh, she's been doing a fantastic job as well. Today was wonderful. And uh, I don't know about you, Nate, but uh, we've had some stellar guests so far uh, throughout the year, or this year and last year. So if you missed any of our podcasts, you can go check out The Sam Gordon at 348. Uh, Lois Cook was here last week, 359. You can go back as far as 342 with Steph Ponzer and the uh, legendary Sammy Grassoffi. Uh, and then you also have uh, my, my buddy, Kevin Peterson, coming here talking NFL Super Bowl, 357, 354. Yeah. Obviously, everything, the, the lowdown in the WFA, which is win nominee, coming in here at uh, 356. So we've had a, a lot of amazing guests here, and uh, we also have Icon Women's Football Association Lowdown, which is Terrence Haywood, 334, 337, and 338 with Rod Green. And the Michelle Marshall was here, uh, episode 331. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of people coming in through us. I really appreciate everybody supporting us and uh, subscribing to us on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. I say we can't do this without you guys. It's such it's such a thrill to to be able to bring you guys all this insight and you know like we always say the hub uh, no joke football you know across the board just you know keep it up we can't thank you guys enough and yeah we've had some incredible guests and it's been it's been a blast I mean it just keeps getting better and better and we can only go up from here yeah and it's it's been great so we have to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor major sponsor monkeyknife5.com so if you haven't gone to monkeyknife5.com go there use their code NJF it helps us out with keeping the podcast afloat as well uh, monkey knife fight contests uh, revolve around whether or not players will achieve a benchmark so you can play like more or less uh, you can deposit up to $50 they'll match that uh, so if you put in $20 and you win it's a three time match normally so you get about $60 if you put in a $5 play you can probably make up to $15 Depending on your skills and capabilities, you can make a little bit of money on monkeyknife5.com. So if it's not available in your state, no big deal. If it is, share it, let everybody know, and use the code NJF. All right. Um, so we got a couple minutes here, Nate. Um, the lowdown, uh, trade rumors we talked about. Uh, our guests came in, really impactful today. And uh, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like a Valentine's edition, all this love. Right. I mean, all this I mean love. that's not to say that it was because oh it's always love. I mean, we, we we could say it was Valentine's Day because, you know, that was two days ago, but really that's all it is around here. It's just it's love. It's love for the game, it's love for the athletes. Simple enough. Yeah. Yeah. Simple enough then. Um you can also subscribe to us on Go uh, Global Women's Sports Radio and uh we're on there as well. So um I don't know. Uh for the uh Matt couldn't make it today, but uh, Holly couldn't make it today, so we'll look forward to uh, next week. And next week, hopefully, yes, we'll yes. be talking fan-controlled football, which I took some notes Woo-hoo! on. Marshawn Lynch having something going on there on Twitch TV. So, uh, we'll you know, catch up next week uh, when we come back on 361. But we'll, we're definitely going to be talking fan-controlled football, right? Absolutely. I will be there for that. I'll be happy to, to join on that conversation. I loved it. Yeah, it was really exciting. I, I got to watch it, and I think uh, he's onto something. So hopefully, uh, you know, it's something unique and which it is, and 
hopefully it'll catch on. So we'll see that. So uh, for the yeah. absent Mackenzie Brooks, the salty one, uh, the absent Hall of Famer Holly Custis, for Nate Ward, this is Oscar Lopez saying we'll catch you here next week for 361. And don't forget to go where? To the hub. Catch you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.